This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. everybody doing out there this is Gilmy again and we are talking cryptids because Gilmy talks to yeah, cryptids you saw the title of the show I saw the title of the show I'm enjoying this this is called the labby Nikeer devil and I am just I'm, I'm excited to be getting back to a cryptid because I absolutely love them guys they're so much fun but first things first, got to get those sponsors out of the way. So go check out Ghost Jewels on Instagram. Go to the website, use the promo code GILMI. You get 30% off if you like jewelry on the darker side of your things. I love it. My little GILMI loves it too. But he kind of likes my style. And BatsInTheBelfryArt.com is taking commissions right now. Valentine's Day is over, but if you need that gift for that special someone, go check them out. And go check out Shirtcasters, the clothes for the podcaster in you. Remember, use that promo code GILMI for 30% off. I like my sponsors. They make my life easy. So, also, don't forget to check out my friends at the Genres Podcasting Network, as well as the OIW Podcasting Network because they have tons of great shows. Jono's Network is getting tons of new shows and tons of new content, so go check them out. Uh, so far today, well, last week I didn't drop an episode because it was all grumpy. I threw my back out, hurt it really, really bad. I could barely, I could barely get my hands past my knees, and then I just worked it out. I got a massage earlier today, and man, <laughs> That that dude had magic fingers. He has me walking around again, doing all these. Like the dude was amazing. Just I got a fantastic massage to today. Not gonna drop them because they don't sponsor the show. But if you want to know who it is in uh, London, give me an a DM, something like that. But I'm feeling good. I'm doing good. Uh, my mental health health is good. Um, I'm trying to spend more time with the wife and kids. Uh, family day was actually yesterday, and we sat around all day playing board games and having fun and driving each other crazy as, you know, that's what families do. Oh, and I forgot to, got to say, what's up? <laughs> I love 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 that I'm using that that little aria truth part. It makes makes for so much fun. But family life's good. Um, I spent my day driving around. Took the kid, one of the kids, to the doctor. This was dad, dad all day. Um, I'm also doing. Um, Lately, my toy hunt has been cheap G.I. Joe Lego sets, which have been popping up at dollar stores for like four or five bucks. If you look on Amazon, they're like 30 to 50, so I've been picking picking those up as much as I can. 
uh, got the Cobra Hiss, I got the Sky Striker, a couple other little guns, uh, the Cobra Ferret, I know I got that one, um, I got two Snake Eyes guys, one's a, one's a bike, one's a Jeep, you know, they gotta put Snake Eyes in everything, because he's a popular G.I. Joe, I, I know, um, go check out the Yomi Talks Patreon as well, because it's, well, be the first one to uh, join it. I keep putting stuff up there, but, you know, I don't really want to start doing the Gilmy, uh, the Gimpy hunts and all the crypto stuff if there's no audience. So, or, you know what, I just might might just fucking do it. Because <laughs> I want to hang out with the uh, Gimpy and shoot these things for you, because it'll be really, really fun. And what else do I got written down? Oh, yeah. Uh... Go check out the socials before I dive 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 into this. Go check me out on basically any social media you can find. Just type in Gilmy, G-U-I-L-M-Y, and I'm going to pop up on it. Because I'm on TikTok, I'm on Threads, I'm on Hive, I'm on all these little ones. Um, yeah. You know what I, I gotta do, do one of these days, though? I have to do a podcasting podcast. Like how I... How, how I grow my show, how I just tell tell you guys my uh, my uh, secrets, because why am I keeping them to myself? Yeah, but back to the matter at hand. Gilmy talks cryptids. I can talk about myself all day, but that's not what this episode's about. So, the Labby Labby Niker Devil, according to folklore, the Labby Niker Lake. I'm I am so messing that up, by the way is the location of a dreadful monster called the Labernikir Devil or Labernikir Sky Church. I do not know how to pronounce uh, Eastern European words, guys. I have a lot of trouble with that. The earliest written mention of the lake monster was from geologist Victor Tevdolabob. I think I got that right who wrote in 1953 that there has been all sorts of hypotheses about what kind of creature it could be. A giant pike, a relic reptile, or an am amphibian. We didn't manage to prove or disprove these versions. We managed to find remains of jaws and skeletons of some animal. Other modern scientists have related that when using echo-sounding devices or sonar, they found a dense object in the water that was above the bottom of the lake and was not a fish or a soul of fish, school of a fish. Local residents report seeing something strange in local folklore going back many generations with stories of the devil. Accounts of something moving under boats in a calm lake, shaking the vessel. One story of fishermen being bucked as if somebody was pushing it from under the water. The fishermen were struck by fear they did not see anything, no head, no jaws. Soon, the boat went down. A fisherman in 2000 stated that they got a signal from an echo sounding device that something big was under the boat. They saw interest, interesting trails on the water and also found crushed gulls that had been sleeping on an island in the lake. Other witnesses state that they have seen the head and giant mouth and teeth of the creature. Local legends state that the devil can survive outside of the water and has attacked people and animals. Scientists like ge geologist Sergei Karpukin, I was pausing trying to figure out figure out that last name, spent 35 days alone on the lake, state that there isn't a big enough population of the creatures 
to allow them to survive. A little pack of them, like male, female, plus several cubs, is not enough, he said. He said, to survive this population must have a number of animals that the lake would be swarming with, with them, or at least there should be such number of them that they would not go unnoticed. Diver Schiller said that they were aware of the story of a lake monster, but their many dives did not see anything but large dogfish. He said, we did see mirages there, something like moving islands, but all of us know that is a common thing in any northern area with lots of ice and snow, so it's not something special about Lake Labinaiker. Yuri Gerasimov from the Institute of Freshwater Biology at the Russian Academy of Sciences questions the size of such a large fish like a pike. From the stories that are told about it, it must be about 7 to 8 meters, 23 to 26 feet for my American friends, everyone else knows, knows about meters, for a fish to grow you need nutrition and comfortable water temperatures. Even if nutrition is perfect there, surely the temperatures are not that high. So in my opinion, the view about a large pike is a fantastic one. So, that's a little short story about the Labyrinthine Devil. So, since that was a little short one, guys, I'm going to do another one for you. Another short little one because I love talking about these guys and I found another lake monster here from Romania uh, this one's called Lush Lushka and clipping of mollusca or phylum containing octopus, squid, cuttlefish and cephalopods due to the creature always appeared with some mollusk feature or form therefore such as tentacles or, or arms description it is described as a giant octopus or giant cuttlefish or half shark half octopus the lucia is said to grow over 75 feet long 23 meters so this thing is like the size of a whale guys but no case in, cases have been proven of octopus species growing to even half these lengths squids are very big though i'm just saying so it could be related to the squid with it more octopus look but that's just my opinion the reports of the Luska monster attacking swimmers and divers when investigated by Jeremy Wade the host of the television series River Monsters in the episode Terrier Terror in Paradise because this is set in Barb Barbados but it's named from Romanian and also Irish I don't know guys cryptids get weird we all know this so the Attacking swimmers and divers was investigated by Jeremy Wade, the host of the series River Monsters. And Wade basically, after investigating reef sharks, tiger sharks, and the giant Pacific octopus, Wade settles on a large octopus being the most likely culprit for being the Luska monster. The Caribbean Film Festival, Luska Fantastic Film Fest, was named after the sea monster. The festival is an annual event held in Puerto Rico. It is the first and only international fantastic film festival in the Caribbean. And it's named after a cryptid. That's pretty freaking cool right there. The survival video game Stranded Deep features an enemy giant squid named Luska the Great. In the HTGTV series Renovation Island, which revolves around Brian and Sarah Bormier, 
I've, I don't watch those shows. So I have no idea. Uh, efforts to renovate a resort in South Andros. The main restaurant at the resort is named Luska in honor of the sea creature. In Dave the Diver, after collecting every single animal on Marinica, Sato will tell you to find Luska. But it is the half shark, half op octopus version. So that one's pretty cool. I, I think a giant octopus like that would be very cool. And you know what? I'm going to talk about one more. I'm going to talk about the Kraken. Kraken is a legendary sea monster of enormous size and tomology akin to a squid or octopus. Said to appear in the sea between Norway and Iceland, it is believed that the legend of the Kraken may have originated from sightings of a giant squid which may grow from 12 to 15 meters, so 40 to 50 feet for my American friends, because you're, get all the metric system guys, you're the only ones, in like one African country I think. Kraken, as a subject of the sailors' superstitions and mythos, was first described in the modern era, era in a travelogue by Francesco Negri in 1700. The description was followed in 1734 by an account of Dano-Norwegian missionary and explorer Hans E. Gad, who described the Kraken in detail and equated it to the half-gufa of medieval lore. However, the first description of the creature is usually credited to the Norwegian bishop Ponto Pyden, 1753. Ponto Pyden was the first to describe the Kraken as an octopus of tremendous size and wrote that it had a reputation for pulling down ships. The French, oh boy, Malocologist Dens Montfort of the 19th century is also known for pioneering inquiries into the existence of gigantic octopuses. The great man-killing octopus entered French fiction when novelist Victor Hugo, 1866, introduced the Biover octopus of Gouin Saylor. See, French? I can do. I know French. <laughs> Which he identified with the Kraken of legend. This led to Jules Verne's depiction of the Kraken. That's the one that most people really think of. Although Verne did not distinguish between a squid and an octopus. See his tentacles. Linus may have indirectly written about the Kraken. Linus wrote about the micro so much genus, an animal with a various other organisms of rare growth attached to its comprising a colony. Hmm. Subsequent authors have have referred to Linos's writings, the writings of Bartholomew Cetus, called Hafric and Paulian's monstrous Marinum as Krakens. They said the claim that Linus used the word Kraken in the margin of a letter edition of Systema Nature has not been confirmed. So, so the English word Kraken in the in the sense of sea monster derives from the Norwegian Kraken or Kraken with a J, which are the definite forms of the Krake. According to the Norwegian dictionary, the root meaning of crake is malformed or overgrown crooked tree. It, or it originates from the Old Nor Norris, which is related to the 
Old Norse. It, oh my goodness, this is just how, yeah, it, it's an anchor, guys. It's a boat hook. Something, something like that, that's all. It is thought that the crack, crake, in the sense of multi-armed sea monster or octopus is derived from the meaning crooked tree as trunks with crooked branches or elf groves as well as drags wooden or not readily conjure up the image of a cephalopod making it a descriptive name initially. The idea seems at first to be notably remarked by the Icelandic philo philologist the study of language and oral written oh why do they make those words like impediment I have a speech impediment it is the most difficult word for someone with a speech impediment to say but oh boy there are so many so many different wording for a crack in here like anchor troll uh, named F crab cracks so crack so hove so hove hove yeah, there's so many words for cracking, guys. General description and myth. Okay. In Norwegian Salem folklore, kraken, the crake or crookie, also known as horvin, among others, is a legendary sea monster said to appear in the sea between Norway and Iceland. I already read that. <laughs> I already said that, but they're they're going over 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 each other this is what happens when you you do dip multiple sources guys they tend to say the same thing it is said that the when fishermen row out a few miles Scandinavian miles from from the coast on a hot summer's day uh, find a depth of 80 to 100 fathoms which is about 180 80, 80 meters 460 feet uh, yeah to 590 feet it sometimes happens that the plummet bottoms 20 to 30 fathoms deep but in the water stand in the most abundant shoals of cod and lings then you can assume that the kraken lurks down there as it is he who forms the artificial elevation of the bottom and by his secretions attract fish there but if those fishing notice, uh, notices that the kraken is rising it is necessary to row, row away for all the boats can take only a few minutes the beast can then be seen lifting the upper part of its body out of the water above the surface of the water for which is a quarter for a quarter of a mile in circumference appears as a collection of scaries covered with swaying seaweed like groves finally a few shining tentacles rise up out of the air increasing the thicker at the bottom which can give even appear as a high as a ship's mast whoa after a while, the kraken gives into sinking again, and then you have to be careful not to run into the section vortex that is formed because it is a monster. First descriptions of the crake, as the sua crack, was given by an Italian writer Mag Nigri in 1700. Oh, we talked to you about that guy. But the kraken was described as a many-headed and clawed creature who stated it was equivalent to the Icelanders Hagaf, but the latter is commonly treated as a fabulous whale. Uh, Eric Pontopibin, who popularized the Kraken to the world, noted that it was a multiple armed according to lore and conjectured that it, it to be a giant sea crab, starfish, or a polypus, octopus. Still, the bishop is considered to 
have been instrumental in sparking interest in the Kraken in the English-speaking world, as well as becoming regarded as the authority on sea serpents and krakens. Although it has been stated that the Kraken was described for the first time by that name, oh, back to the name thing, it just goes on and on about who who devised the name. Um, published on two giant colossal octopus with enduring images of it attacking a ship. The Kraken octopod, deemed to be the largest organism in zoology, matched its colossal with Pliny's tail of the giant polybus that attacked ship-wrecked people while making correspondence between his Kraken and Philemonster called the Arbor Marina. Um, yeah. Also favorite item in the Kraken as an inkfish or squid on entomology. Yeah. Now, let me just go back up because I found something, something pretty cool. Two monsters, the ferocious toothed spine whale and the horned flashy eye bearded whale on Ola's map gave specific names by Gessner. The bearded is possibly a kraken. And I am looking at these pictures and it looks like a kraken <laughs> in 1539 1539 so that was way hundreds of years before the name kraken came up and it's the Hagufa that's what it was known as and they're just connecting the dots oh wow that is a lot of Swedish I cannot read that Ugh. Medusa's head of Kraken's young according to fisherman's lore um, yeah, this is the crack. They found Kraken young. They're just, uh, jellyfish, guys. They're just different jellyfish. They're Medusa's head. Um, yeah. But they say they're, they're baby Kraken, so who am I to say, say different, right? They're just, a uh, different kind of star, starfish. Yeah. That's what, what they look like to me. And I don't know what that is. Uh, in the end, uh, starting, yeah, basically just the baby krakens that they found were different kind of star, starfish. Now I'm just gonna go down a little bit here. Do, 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 do. The Niagara sighting of ooh, religious, allegedly seen afloat in 1813, depicted as octopus by naturalists. Having accepted as a fact that a colossal octopus was capable of dragging the ship down, Monfront made a more daring hypothesis. He attempted to blame Colossus, uh, colossal octopuses for the loss of ten warships under British control in 1782, including six captured French men of war. The disaster began with a distress signal fired by the captured ship uh, on the line, the line Ville de Paris which was then swallowed up by parting waves as the other ships came to aid shared the same fate so he proposed by process of elimination that such an event could only be accounted for by the work of many octopuses but it has been pointed out that the sinkings have simply been explained by the presence of a storm or it could have been a, an earthquake underneath a tsunami could have been lots and lots of things and the Let's go to the Niagara sighting. The ship Niagara, not Niagara Falls, guys, it was an actual ship, 
On course from Lisbon to New York in 1813, logged a sighting of a marine animal spotted afloat at sea. It was claimed to be 60 meters in length, covered in shells, and had many birds alighted upon it. That's all there is from, from the, the Niagara sighting. I thought it would be something a little more. Uh, sea grapes, or cephalopod eggs, are found were found in the, the area. Let me just go down. Iconography. As to the iconography. Uh, engraving of the colossal octopus is often sewn through... This differs from the Kraken according to the French Malachis. And commenters are found considering the ship attack representing the Kraken octopod. After the Dens Morfort illustration, various publishers produced similar images depicting the Kraken of a ship. Whereas the Kraken was described as having many heads and a number of claws, the creature is also depicted to have spikes or horns. At least in illustrations of creatures with commentaries have conjectured to be krakens. The bearded whale shown on early map, pictured above. It's a black and white picture of a kraken attacking a ship. We've all seen it. Thought to be a giant cephalopod of which there was a picture painting made by the discoverer. He made a traveling show of his work on, a, on canvas and introduced in a book on the kraken. So basically, he talked about the Kraken to make make their money in tiny days, and yeah, because I'm looking at this in 1539, the Kraken was represented as a crayfish or a lobster, uh, giant lobsters attacking sea ships in 1884. Oh wow, the giant fish encountered by Saint Brennan. Uh, Isla Mark Nerit, probably from what I'm looking, this could probably have been a, a narwhal or some kind of shark because <laughs> it has looks like a shark's body with like back, uh, back fins and horns coming out of his head. Piece of squid recovered by a French ship in 1861, and probably a giant squid, would later be identified as a giant squid. <laughs> yep. Because people didn't see giant squids back then. They still don't. They hang out in the deep, deep water. After a specimen of the giant squid was discovered by Reverend Moss, Moses Harvey and published. Oh boy! Ah. And published. Um, oh, published in science by Professor A. E. Vero. Commenters have remarked that cephalopods as possibly explaining the legendary kraken and that's what I honestly think that giant squids are basically what they are literary influences well Victor Hugo Jules Verne uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea um, yeah Jules Verne Verne's book is where everybody kind of learned about this and he's also in Moby Dick's chapter 59 the squid known as the Kraken Kraken in popular popular culture uh, although, although fiction and the subject of myth the legend of the Kraken continues to the present day with numerous references in film literature literature television and other popular cult, cult popular uh, pop culture guys 
popular culture topics. Somebody put the word. That doesn't flow off the tongue. I like pop culture. Examples include The Kraken Wakes, 1953, by John Win Winham, The Kraken of Marvel, Marvel Comics, the 1981 Clash of the Titans, and its 2010 remake of the same name, and the Seattle Kraken Professional Ice Hockey Team, Krakens, also appear in video games such as Sea of Thieves, God of War 2, Return of Obra Dinn, and Dredge. The Kraken was also featured in two of the Pirates of the Caribbean as movies as the pet of the fearsome Davy Jones in Dead Man's Chest and at World's End in George R. R. Martin's fantasy novels A Song of Ice and Snow and its HBO series adaptions Game, Game, Game of Thro Thrones and House of the Dragon the mythical Kraken is the seagull of the house Greyjoy of the Iron Islands I really don't know about that but I've, I've never watched Game of Thrones, guys. I watched like half of the first season and lost interest. Was wasn't for 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 me. But also other names for it: Akoromai, giant octopus-like monster from Anu folklore; the Cetus from ancient Greek; Chulu, uh, the cosmic entity created by H.P. Lovecraft; Leviathan. Uh, sea serpent noted in theology and mythology. Uh, it, yeah, that one's in 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 the Hebrew Hebrew Bible and Psalms, the Book of Job, the Book of Isaiah, and the Book of Enoch. And the gobster or blob, unidentified organic mass that washes upon the shoreline of the ocean or other body of of water. A globster is distinguished from a normal beach carcass by being hard to identify. Uh, at least initial untrained observers and by creating controversy to its identity. Globster sounds different. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's, okay, we're, we're, we're going through the globster too. You get four cryptids on, on this show because this one's short. The globster or, or blob is an organic mass that washes up on the shoreline of an ocean or other body of water. Um, the term globster was coined by Ivan T. Sanderson in 1962 uh, to describe the Tasmanian carcass of 1960, which was said to have no visible eyes, no defined head, and no apparent bone structure. Other sources simply use the term as blob, and maybe a big jellyfish, who knows. Many globsters have initially been described as resembling giant octopuses, though they later turned out to be decaying carcasses of whales or large sharks, as with the Chilean blob of 2003. Many are masses of whale blubber released from decaying whale corpses. Other initially thought to be dead pleosaurs later turned out to be decaying carcasses of basking sharks, which are very cool sharks by the way. If you are a shark guy, look up basking sharks. Others remain unexplained giant and colossal squids. May also explain some globsters, particularly those tentatively identified as monster oc octopuses. Uh, the Stonce beast, believed to be a basking shark carcass. <laughs> yeah. Some globsters were examined only after they have decomposed too much and to seemed to represent evidence of a new species or were destroyed. It happened with the 
Cadborosaurus Welle carcass in 1937. However, Canadian scientists did analyze the DNA of the Newfoundland blob, which revealed that the tissue was from a sperm whale. In the resulting paper, the authors pointed out a number of superficial similarities between the Newfoundland blob and other, other globsters, concluding a similar origin of the, those globsters is likely. Analysis of other globsters having yield similar results. Okay, that is, oh, last but not least, da da da, noticeable globsters. The stone ray beast, believed to be a basking shark. Uh, Saint Ange Augustine monster, identified as a, as a whale. Trunco from 1924, not identified. Tasmanian glo globster, whale carcass. New Zealand globster. In 1965, previous one 1960, both whale carcasses, Bermuda blob 1988, whale carcass, Nantucket blob, whale carcass, Bermuda blob 2 1997, identified as a whale carcass, and the Chilean blob, identified as a whale carcass. And I'm just going to click on Trunco real quick. Trunco is the nickname of a large unidentified lump of flesh or decomposed sea crystal. A globster 1924 no photos no nothing uh, yep um, this one honestly in my opinion looks like whale whale blubber to me as a as a well but now that I'm here to wrap up the show thank you for listening I love talking about cryptids and so do you, you guys. Well, the people who download them, listen to, listen to them. And, and now just going to be, uh, just going to talk about the socials, guys, because it's closing time. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I... Alright, go check out Gilme Talks on TikTok. I'm being more and more active on there. Instagram, Facebook, Hive, Threads, X, or Twitter. Eh, I might be getting getting away from me that one. I I don't know. I just post on it now. Um, but if you want to get a hold of me, DM, DM me. That's it, guys. So I will talk to you on the next one. <laughs>